scripture this morning is Matthew 5, 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As we look at the preaching of Jesus Christ, we have to look at what was happening in the lives of those who were hearing it firsthand. We learned a little more last week of what life under Roman occupation was like, and we continue that lesson this week. An important word to hear there is occupation. The Romans were not simply using the area for their own needs. They didn't simply arrive there because it was a nice vacation destination. It was an occupation of the people and its resources. They had taken control of the area, putting their own men in charge, removing and in some cases abolishing local culture and society. This time in history is called Pax Romana. Translated from the Latin, it means the peace of Rome. And although the name and concept sound delightful, the peace that Rome brought to Palestine, as well as places like ancient Germany and England, was, far, was from an oppressed and silenced people, not from a people that had true happiness and health. The peace that Rome brought was through fear. The peace that Rome brought was through decades of war and the empire's desire to subdue the reaches of their armies. The Pax Romana was a time when the people were too tired and too scared to fight back. Jesus' introduction of the kingdom of heaven is even more fascinating, more bold, and more liberating when you know the context of what the people of the time were facing. In last week's pericope, Jesus began his ministry in Capernaum, telling the people to change their hearts and their lives, change their loyalty. Follow me, because there is a kingdom at hand, the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of Rome. Jesus began to gather his disciples and began to draw a crowd when he spoke. And that brings us to the passage in Matthew today. Jesus had started telling them of this kingdom, and his Sermon on the Mount is where he started to tell the people what that truly meant and 
what that looked like. The Sermon on the Mount is reminiscent of Moses on Sinai bringing down the Ten Commandments. Like Moses, Jesus interprets and proclaims God's vision of a world aligned with God's concerns. In this sermon, Jesus shared these blessings as less of an imposition of an imp, excuse me an imposition of restrictions for an obedient life and more like a guide to life of wholeness aligned with God's creation and grace. They are not rules but visions for a communal wholeness rooted in God's love. Jesus brought out the knowledge that in a world of kingdoms who create faithfulness through fear and kingdoms who say there is no place for you here. There is a kingdom where all are loved, where all are given a chance to enter, where there is no oppression, where there is no forced allegiance. What is better is that the people did not have to wait to reach such a place. They could live in it right now. This sermon of Jesus is, is a perfect example of what it means when we hear the kingdom of heaven is here and not yet. It is a glimpse into the eschatology that Christ is telling us about. Eschatology is, a, is the study of the afterlife. Jesus, throughout his ministry, will bring us face to face with our eschatological future while also reminding us to begin living in that reality now. These first 12 verses of Jesus' sermon, which go on for a full three chapters in Matthew, are known as the Beatitudes, or the blessings. To be blessed is more than just being happy. It is more than perceiving oneself to be favored by God, to be blessed is to be in a certain state of being. These states or blessings go deeper than what is currently in front of us. It is not just poor, as in living paycheck to paycheck, but poor in spirit, to be trapped in a situation and to have lost all hope. It is not just those that are hungry, but those who hunger for righteousness. To hunger for righteousness means to have a desire to see that the will and mission of God be fulfilled. God's righteousness is that every child of God would have enough and would have what they need to survive. The Beatitudes are directed towards community. They are a guide for us to see and check in with ourselves as a community of believers. It is not just about making sure that others have enough, but that we, too, have enough and are doing enough. It is making sure that when we say we are Christians, we know what that truly means. It is making sure that we are living our lives dedicated to and worthy of such a label and dedicated to the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus taught us to change our loyalty from the old ways and bring our loyalty into the new way. 
Our loyalty to loving God and loving neighbor allows everything that we need to fall into place. We need not worry. We need not be afraid. The blessings of the Sermon on the Mount show us just that. This is not a list of the only people who who will be received in heaven, but rather the Beatitudes offer us more space. They offer us a place where we do not have to fix everything. We do not have to control everything. We don't have to have all of the answers. Where we can allow God's Spirit to work within us and around us. The poor in spirit have a lack of arrogance. They find their identity in true relationship with God, not in material possessions. Those who mourn does not just refer to a personal grief, but those who lament over the current state of things and how far we are from the fullness of God's kingdom. Those who are meek often find themselves to be doormats to those around them. No more will it be for them as they will inherit the earth. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are not foolish in their hope and desire to see God's will fulfilled. The merciful will act in mercy, not just in thought. The pure in heart will focus, are focused and have a single-minded devotion to God. The peacemakers will not make their peace by force like the empire, but like the Son of God through acts of mercy, justice, and grace. And all of those who are persecuted for their dedication and love of God will find that they are in good company with the prophets. Jesus is promising a kingdom that will not cause distress. The worry and the fear and the oppression in our lives will not last. And it will not hold you back from the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom is here and not yet, meaning we do not have to die to experience the love and grace of God. Jesus taught us to look and see. Here it is, right here, right now. If you look around and you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, then be the kingdom. If you cannot see the work of God around you, pick it up and do the work of God. Start living in the kingdom now, for it is already here. Christ came to bring hope to the hopeless, to restore sight to the blind, to release the captives. His work is not only for the people of first century Judea, but it continues for all of us. Christ brings us hope. 
He restores our sight so that we can see God in our midst. He releases us from the captivity of 21st century restraints. He has given us the keys to the kingdom and told us to repent of our old thoughts and worries. See that the light has come near and we must rejoice in the hope and promise of God.